0: Welcome back to the Live Lucky Podcast, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, today I am going to do something I've never done before. I am going completely off script. Um, had a friend just message me uh, this morning about a, another person's podcast. This is actually the the, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, and uh, he had interviewed someone called... Uh, I think I'm saying his name right, Dr. Gabor Mate. And uh, I don't know, I, I just, there were so many things in that podcast that I thought were so important for us to just communicate and get the word out on. And I just felt really compelled to to talk about some of these things. Um, so one of the first things that kind of came up in their discussion was uh, this idea of, well, they were talking about childhood trauma and how this affects a human being. And I think you guys know by now, you know, I'm a child mental health specialist. I've worked with kids all the way from two years old, you know, all the way up. And uh, a lot of which have experienced some pretty severe traumas. I mean, from sexual abuse to physical abuse to neglect... Um, I mean, kind of y- you name it, I- I've probably ha- worked with someone who's who's kind of had it. <laughs> we'll say, I don't know what you want to say there, but uh, they've experienced it. We'll say it that way. Um, but, you know, one thing that was just so important that Dr. Mate was saying was that, you know, the way that we have been uh, parenting— and, uh, and, and it's not parents' fault the, the way that they're parenting this way, um, but the way that doctors have suggested in, you know, whether it's in psychology or even in the medical profession, um, is suggesting that we should limit our touch and um, comforting of children. And this is something that is just so close and dear to my heart, uh, working with kids, you know, who have been neglected, and but then also working with those same kids who are now adults and, and they're in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And, um, you know, some of these people would not be, you know, even to the point where CPS would investigate. You know, there has to be serious enough to where, you know, CPS will even investigate a a particular um, situation. But when it comes to this just neglect of, you know, I I, I don't want to reinforce your crying. And it's like, yes, that is a behavioral approach. And the truth is, you know, when we want something to continue in a behavior, we reinforce it. But that also works on the opposite end of things, you know, if we want something to stop, we can negatively reinforce it, right, and that's through punishment, that's through avoid or neglect or something like that, and so when it comes to children and, um, you know, when children are crying and we're just like, okay, just let them cry it out, you know, um, the children don't know what's going on, right? In their, un, in their subconscious, you know, like we've talked about in the past, by three years old, you know, our framework of understanding and relational strategies, emotional strategies, all these things have are, are kind of built by the time that we're three years old. And these basic three human needs of being loved, accepted, and safe, um, we work out our strategies to get those three needs met by three years old. You know, and that's also something Dr. Mate had mentioned as well. Um, But when we're not getting comfort, what does that communicate to us as a very small human being? It means we often take it as I'm not good enough, I'm not acceptable, I'm not lovable enough to even have my own mom or dad uh, comfort me and hold me and care for me. Um, And like I said, this is just something that really is close to my heart because I work with so many individuals day in and day out who've experienced this in different ways. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't have to be full-on neglect where you're leaving your kids for days at a time because you're on a drug binge or something like that. That's not what I'm even suggesting here. I'm suggesting these are really parents who are involved, engaged, who want what's best for their kids, but they're just getting misinformation. You know, that when we um, don't feed into certain emotions, so to speak, like when a child gets angry, what do we what are we kind of told to do or what What were we taught? You know, it's basically you send them up to their room to cool down. Um, but what I'm also suggesting is this is not a helpful strategy. You know, what, what does that actually communicate to our children when we just say, you know, your emotions are too big for me to, to help you manage? Again, I'm not saying that you're responsible for their emotions. They're the only ones responsible for them and you're the only one responsible for yours. However, we do influence, and as we take on and choose to be that parent role for our children, you know, we are there to help them understand their bodies, their emotions, their relationships, you know, their beliefs. I mean that that is the role that we are stepping into as we accept, you know being a parent. And um, I just think it's so difficult for kids when it's like okay go do this all on your own i I mean that's basically what we're communicating to them and not only that again that deeper underlying subconscious communication that message we're we're teaching them is i won't accept you or love you the way that you are i won't accept you or love you when you're angry or when you're sad, or when, you, basically, when you're not happy, you're not lovable or, or acceptable. That's obviously not a message that parents intend to communicate, right? And and again, that's why I'm saying we are getting misinformation that this is a good strategy to send kids up to their room to push them away when they're, you know, uh, experiencing a behavior or an emotion that we don't like. But truly what it's saying is we don't know what to do. that That's really what it's saying to me about the parents. You know, we don't know what to do, you know. And so, again, I'm not, this is not about blaming or shaming, and whether it's the children or the adults. But, like I said, this is more of just creating a different message, right? a different message for our society right now, that we all need emotion. It's something our body has built into it so that it can get out what it needs to get out. It's just kind of like our our lymph system, you know, in our physical body. It's here to get out the physical junk, you know, and uh, that emotional... Experience of whether it's crying or have, experiencing anger or whatever it might be, those are helpful experiences for our physical and emotional bodies to get out the junk so that we can calm down that emotional brain and then step back into really who we want to be, believing what we really want to believe. Um, because another thing that i've noticed is that this particular misinformation not only has it led to you know pushing not supporting our younger generation or and again i'm putting you know we we all experienced this you know my parents were taught this their parents were taught this this is not just a this generation thing you know this is something that's been going on for Well, Dr. Mate said, you know, at least 100 years. Um, And so again, this is not about blaming any particular generation, but it is about changing the message, you know, and this is the new message we want to get out. Because like I said, it's, you know, for the kids, you know, they're feeling they're not lovable, they're not acceptable uh, the way that they are. Okay, and so what that ends up doing later, and, and again, this is what I'm seeing in, in, in my counseling practice and, and as a, even outside of counseling, just talking to people, you know, or listening to podcasts like, you know, the one with the Joe Rogan show, you know, and Dr. Mate. Um, but it also creates and, and influences, we're not going to say create, it influences the path towards victimization, Okay, um, because that's also communicating that the outside world dictates how we should feel inside. So then we go about trying to manage and create this perfect outside world, perfect behaviors, perfect Facebook, you know, uh, picture here. And the truth is, we're trying to do this outside-in approach of if, as long as I create everything outside of me in a perfect manner the inside's going to feel good, right? That's all we're trying to do is have this human experience and this emotional experience of feeling good, feeling happy, feeling joy, feeling loved, feeling accepted, feeling safe, right? Like all those things. But it doesn't work that way, you know? And that outside-in approach is what we call victimization. We are a victim to everything in our environment. And again, this is not to place blame on any certain person. This is only to create understanding, empathy for ourselves and others, uh, as we just understand. Like, that approach doesn't work. The messages we've been creating aren't working. And that's where, you know, I feel like my role in all of this is to share the message that the inside-out approach is the only one that creates long-term Lasting, feel good emotions and experiences and relationships. Um, so that that was definitely one thing that I wanted to share. And and, and another thing, totally separate topic, but also very uh, linked to you know our, our experience here as a human being. Um, you know, Doctor Mate was also talking about how. Uh, You know, oftentimes we we think that there's this huge genetic component to addiction. You know, whatever that addiction might be, whether it's alcohol or other hard drugs or other behaviors, even, you know, and we think, well, you know, my grandfather or my grandmother or my mom or my dad, you know, it just runs in the family. And we just accept that for this is just how I'm going to be. Right, and again, what is that? That is that very outside-in approach of I'm a victim to my, you know, genetics, um, and even Dr. Mate, you know, he's he's you know well-known author, talks around the world, you know, and and the research does not support that. Our experience doesn't support that, you know, and, and that is something that can hopefully offer so much hope to those of you who are experiencing things, whether it's behaviors or addictions, that, you know, you've seen generation after generation in your family. But just know the genetic component is only, um, Dr. Mate called it a sensitivity, you know. In other words, we've all, in the past, I've called it a genetic predisposition. You know, it doesn't mean there's a direct, uh, you you have to be an alcoholic because your parents were right the when it comes to that nature nurture it's always both but sometimes we give that nature uh so much more um influence than maybe it actually had you know so we can have these we have all these like little toggle switches on our genes and in stress those genetic predispositions those sensitivities like dr mate put it They can flip on, okay? So for me, you know, when I was going through my master's program and, you know, stressed to the max because I was running a business and I had an organic farm at home and my wife and five young kids, you know, it was a really, really stressful time. Um, That's when that, for me, genetic sensitivity to gluten switched on in my genes, okay? Okay. that was in about 2010, 2011, okay, and here we are, you know, 11, 12 years later, and I can eat gluten, I, I, honestly, and I have zero issues eating gluten now, um, basically what's happened is I have created a healing from the inside through managing stress and uh, really stepping into that healed version of myself. Um, because what i found is when we already have this internal uh, environment of inflammation, and, and what I mean by that is stress creates inflammation all over the body. When we live in a stressful state, that creates inflammation all through our body. And then we look to diet because it's something we have a lot of control over and we have to, you know, eat every single day. And so we focus all of our attention on, well, what are we eating that's causing the inflammation? But truly, it's what we're seeing is the food that creates inflammation is only being... Um, expressed in a really big way because there's already a state of inflammation from the stress that's already going on in our bodies. And that's why there's a direct link from stress to chronic illness. I mean, this is my entire Ph.D. program, is mind-body medicine and recognizing the effects of our psychological well-being or lack thereof On the physical body. And so, um, anyway, I just want to, like I said, I want to bring about some hope for you guys. That if you are in a behavior of any kind, addiction of any kind, it doesn't always have to have a hold on you. And your genetics aren't something that you can switch those toggle switches Even if you switch it on, you can switch it back off, okay? You literally can rewire your system, and I am proof of that. And I'm not just saying that, you know, for any other reason, not to prop myself up or say, I'm this amazing human being. No, that's not what this is about. You know, I only share this to give you hope that things can be different, and the other message, like I said, is just to start creating a different, um, a different understanding of raising human beings and the way that we even treat each other. You know, Dr. Monte gave this example of, you know, if you're my best friend and you come up to me and you're like, hey, I really need something, you know, I really need some support right now, and I turn my back and walk away which is the exact same experience of, you know, children when they're crying and their parents walk away, and their little infant brains have no understanding. You know, at least as adults we can say, well, Blake was just having a bad day, or, you know, something's bothering Blake, has nothing to do with me. As an infant, we cannot rationalize like that. Our cognitive brain is not that developed yet. Um, So anyway, how does this help us to lead lucky um, I think it just re, really reinforces that understanding of what we communicate in terms of love, acceptance and safety, whether it's in our families whether it's in the work environment this will have a huge ripple effect on not just your small circle and sphere of influence, but this can ripple out way beyond that um, so I just want you to take that role seriously as a leader. You know, you have the opportunity to change lives when you're leading people. Step into that. You can do this, you know. Um, And not only that, thank you for stepping into that role. That is a difficult role to step into. Um, But anyway, there, there may be some things that you can step into in terms of love, safety, and acceptance that will change the people's lives around you, which then creates a way better environment even for you to live in. All right. Um, So guys, like I said, I had zero script today. I hope that this came across. I don't even know how it came across. Um, But if there is something you could take away from this message today, what would that be? How do you want that to change your week? you know, maybe change your relationships and just maybe one baby step towards something different you know of changing your life in a positive way or those around you in a positive way? I'm just gonna invite you into that this week. You have the power to do that. All right, guys, thanks for spending time with me today. um I just appreciate you so much. And uh, I look forward just to continue to be here with you, you know, every week. I, ho- I want to actually start doing this more often. I just enjoy it so much, and I'm enjoying the feedback that I'm getting, guys. And So if this was helpful, please share it with somebody. Um, if there's a parent or just a leader or just anybody you can think of that this is like, you know what, this is definitely a message we want to change in our society. Let's get this message out. Um, please do that today. Just send it right now. Just a text, a message through Facebook, whatever it might be. Just do it now. Just take that moment and send it out right now. And if you could, if you haven't already, follow and like the Live Lucky Podcast so we can just continue to to connect and do some amazing things to change this world for the better. All right, guys, have a great week, and I'll look forward to talking to you next time.